Are you looking for a great sci-fi read? If so, be sure and grab The Return by best-selling author Gabriella Balcom. Readers are calling it a thrilling ride that's fascinating and amazing. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground, and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay as they are. It's 2030, and scientists have made numerous scientific advances. They use cutting-edge technology with their feline service units and human replicas, HRs as they're commonly known. However, most of the research being conducted in the facility is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd be clamoring for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. More and more of the HRs are dying and they long for freedom. One of the top scientists isn't happy with the situation either. Tensions are mounting, and things are not as they appear. Other reader comments about The Return include, This is a thrilling ride. I hope there's a sequel. Man, it got me hooked. Best plot twist I've read in a book. You'll love this book. It had me on the edge of my seat. For more of Gabriella's works, check her out on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle form. Vampire. Werewolf. Jinn. Phoenix. Shapeshifter. And Witch. They all came from somewhere. Six humans started the ritual. Six supernaturals walked away. But they left behind the one person who could destroy them all. Reese. Now she seeks vengeance on those who stole their power from her body. She seeks her children. For they will pay the ultimate penance. Available at MythMart.com, Amazon, Goodreads, and Barnes and & Noble. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 232 of the World of Mythbits. G'day everyone, I'm very, very excited about this opportunity. Uh, I, th I thought I would travel back to a previous topic, sort of have a bit of a chat, bit of a yak about the importance of libraries and getting your books into libraries. Uh, I think personally working in a library uh, has been a great opportunity for me, but I do honestly believe that libraries are a writer's and a poet's best friend. But before we get into that topic, I just wanted to quickly go over some housekeeping. Uh, and uh, Mr. David K. Montoya has given me the great honour of uh, announcing um, the two very talented writers that are going through to the final round of the Open Contract Challenge 
for our 2023 year five of the Open Contracts Challenge. Uh, I'll get to that in just a moment when we uh, we cover off on housekeeping. But the very tricky man that he is, uh, I believe he has kept hidden from me who actually has been uh, who has received the coveted third place. So uh, unfortunately, that uh, that is something that uh, that will be announced probably on a different platform, uh, or maybe it's something that I will have the honour of being able to announce um, later on. I I will though, uh, regardless of who gets that uh, that wonderful uh, coveted honour to uh, to actually announce who was who was awarded third place. I uh, I will most certainly in a future podcast. Next episode, of course. Um, congratulate wholeheartedly whoever that person may be because third place is pretty cool. Uh, and I, for one, am incredibly jealous. I, uh, I have made it through uh, the Open Contracts Challenge to round two. I cannot recall if I made it to round... Th- I think I did make it one year through round three, but I've never made it to the top three top two, uh, and of course, top one. Um, and I did discover from Dave uh, the um, the fact that you, well, you, you really can't, once you win the Open Contract Challenge, you can't put in a submission for the next year uh, because it works out, why I didn't notice this before, but the person who's awarded the... Um, the contract for uh, first prize for the previous Open Contract Challenge is the one that judges the top two and awards the winner for the next year's Open Contract Challenge. So if you are a winner, you can't pick your own piece to win the next year. So obviously, um, you, you can't submit for, um, for the following year. Duh. But why that didn't enter into my mind, uh, why that's something that I didn't immediately comprehend, I do not know. But anyway, kicking off with a bit of housekeeping from our CEO, uh, Mr. David K. Montoya. Just jumping in quickly. Where are you, Dave? Dave. Oh, Dave. Where are you, my friend? Here we are. Okay, so... Um, here we go. So, right off the top, Dark Myth Publications is proud to announce the release of Stephanie J. Barty's newest book, Penance. So, the uh, the wonderful chief editor, uh, Looper, congratulations to you. Well done. Um, I've seen some great advertising promotion uh, already that uh, that Looper's done, uh, and she does an amazing job for all of us. But I would expect that she would do an especially wonderful job on her own work and what she uh, she so intimately knows um, and is so passionate about as well. And hearing Looper speak about being an author uh, and giving tips and tricks to uh, to other writers, other um, story writers, poets, you can hear that passion, uh, and you can you can understand as a 
person who who writes uh, and wants to publish as well and uh, and that sort of thing you you can hear the the wisdom and the experience uh in what it is that she's saying uh so yeah congratulations Steph congratulations Looper um well done uh and I um I can't wait to work with you on my next uh, book to come out from Dark Myth Publishing as well, which is just around the corner, which I'm super duper excited about. Uh, number two. Oh, sorry. The um, the final bit on number one. Sorry, Dave. The uh, Just wanted to mention, Dave wanted us all to know, you can grab a hardback at MythMart, uh, MythMart.com, of course. Um, that's the preferred place to go for um for purchasing all things dark myth uh of course you can also go on to uh, amazon.com or your amazon like your version of amazon wherever you are to get the ebook on kindle so i don't believe you can get the ebook through direct through mythmart but you can certainly purchase a copy of penance in uh, in hardback which would look great uh on your own home personal library i'm sure uh number two dark myth comics is expecting their first shipment of american smash number one to come in to the warehouse i i assume dave uh and then to be sent off as promotional items for a comic book store uh on the u.s which is kind of cool getting uh american smash into comic book stores the uh the nostalgia the um the joy and the wonder uh this is this is awesome news this is cool very cool uh also for future comic projects for uh dark myth, dark myth publishing as well so awesome awesome news uh jzo modcast network this is number three after a two-year absence we would like to welcome the grindhouse sleaze back to the airwaves so uh yeah those of you who are fans of the old grindhouse sleaze uh, rejoice, be uh, be happy, be merry that uh, that such has returned. And what's awesome is, uh, as part of the Jason Mon Modcast family, um, it will be going to uh, American radio airwaves as well. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool, pretty exciting news. Um, Mythmart now has its main warehouse in Wisconsin and is ready to ship your national orders. So that's number four. Uh, and then number five, the votes are in uh, and we can announce that. Oh, cheeky, cheeky, Dave. You've got here a little, uh, a little snippet for me. The third place winner of the fifth annual open contract challenge is... And then you've turned around and told me that you're keeping it under wraps. You're keeping it a secret. Um, so, but what I can announce is that the two finalists are Adele Evershed and James Rumpel. So, congratulations to the both of you. Uh, I am very, very familiar with James's work on... Uh, World of Myth, uh, the online magazine, uh, reviewed many, many a piece. Um, Adele, the the stuff that you're writing 
as well, I believe is a regular feature on uh, World of Myth. And hopefully you have both sent stuff in for the September e-magazine that's coming out soon. Uh, the October one, of course, um, the, the cutoff for October submissions. Uh, so hopefully you've sent, hopefully we've all sent stuff in for um, September and October. And of course, the November cutoff is drawing nigh. It may very well be by the time this podcast goes out that the cutoff for November submissions will have rolled around already. Don't forget the 15th of, um, of every month, I believe, is the cutoff date. Uh, so yeah, congratulations, hearty congratulations to Adele and James. Both of you very, very, will be very, very worthy winners, I'm sure. But the second place prize is pretty cool as well. But we're all wanting that first place prize. And I've just got here, uh, congratulations to everyone. Now for the two final, uh, now for the two finalists, they will go head to head with their completed manuscripts. And last year's grand prize winner, Cliff Flint, will choose this year's first place recipient. So that's pretty exciting. A lot going on for um, the, the Dark Myth publishing um, family name, uh, the company. Um, super exciting stuff. Don't forget as well, something else that I wanted to mention, jump on mythmart.com. Check out what's the, what the latest stuff is that's there. Uh, I think there's still time to order your t-shirts, your horror-themed t-shirts for, uh, for Halloween. Make sure to wear them lo- loudly and proudly and uh, make sure that you support this amazing company that supports us. The e-magazine that's coming up will be exactly like the online theworldofmyth.com site in that there will be a home for stories short and long, uh, all genres. Um, I'm sure if you flicked staff a romance story, they'd even find a way to slip that in somehow. Uh, creating a whole new genre category, perhaps, or finding some way to theme it as uh, it might be a horror romance, or it might be a fantasy romance, or it might be um, something good for uh, for children. The depending, yeah, the the team are amazing, and they're they're only such a small team as well. So that's what impresses me even more: the incredible stuff that they are doing with the, the limited time that they've got. Uh, I mean, to, you just think of Steph traveling from uh, the US to Canada quite regularly. She sort of has these two separate lives that mingle together and then the company, uh, her own writing. Um, the, I... I I struggle myself with working full-time, living in a country town, family commitments, and then trying to write as well. It's, yeah, 
I don't know how these people are able to to run this company, to publish these amazing books, to uh, create these uh, opportunities with um, American radio, the podcasts. Um, that I'm lucky enough that I just sort of dribble away uh, with with what sort of pops into my head, and the magic of uh, Mr. David K. Montoya makes it something that's actually worth listening to. And I, I just want to send it out there, Dave, mate, I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, and I'm sure that we, we all love that support and we all love Dark Myth Publishing and M Kids Press and the, um, the, the just the um, comics... That, that you guys are creating, the, the opportunities for artists. Um, I can't wait to see September's e-magazine uh, and see who comes up with the, this first incredible cover as well and to see how jam-packed the, the magazine is. Um, yeah, it's just exciting times, exciting times. And I love that digital element and the, the fact that Physical publishing is still a thing that will go on and on and on and on. People love being able to have that ease of access. Um, Dave and Steph, have you considered audiobooks as well? Is there an opportunity for us to start looking at uh, turning some of these books that are being published by Dark Myth Publishing, by M Kids Press, um, turning it into uh, an audio file that people can pay to download as well. Um, yeah, worth considering, worth thinking about. Uh, and it's something that libraries are sort of exploring as well. We're finding that COVID, of course, is still a thing that's happening all, all around the world. We're finding that people in our community, in the community that I live in, uh, country town, that um, people are still wandering around wearing masks. We're, we're coming into, we're in the midst of winter, we're in the midst of flu season, uh, the midst of um, coughs and colds and, uh, and that sort of thing. And COVID, COVID's still a thing. There, people are regularly still testing positive, calling into work and saying, look, I'm not going to be in for the week. Because I have COVID. Uh, and I'm going to quickly tap some wood because I really don't want COVID. Um, I've had it a, a couple of times already. Uh, and for me, that's, uh, that's probably about all, all that I want. Uh, and there's still people like in our small community. We're a community of about 26, 26 27,000 people which is uh, Murray Bridge is the heart of the community, but then we also have smaller country towns as well, like Jervois, Maipalonga, um, Wellington, Kellington. Um, the Burdett, uh, these are places, um, Monaro, these are places with a smaller population, again, maybe 2,000 people or 3,000 people, um, and 
within these smaller communities and within the the council that I belong to, um, yeah, there are are still people that are are coming down with that that sickness, that illness. Um, yeah, it's it's scary how governments have asked us to just get used to it. So yes, I yeah, so back coming trying to get back to my original train of thought that yeah, there are people that are visiting the library that are wearing masks whether it's because they're sick or because they don't want to get sick. Uh, we are finding that we're still less people visiting us physically than were previously before COVID was a thing, before there were lockdowns, before we were all forced to stay in our homes. Um, And what we're finding is that that type of event caused people who still wanted to read and still wanted to access books and listen to books and that sort of thing, um, forced people to look online. And so the increase in digital use of libraries. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're constantly increasing in the number of members who are accessing uh, online ebooks, books uh, comics, magazines, accessing local news, well, not local newspapers, but accessing newspapers, uh, all, all online, all through their tablets, all through their laptops, um, and audio, like e-audio books as well, downloading stories being read to them to device that they can listen to, uh, would probably be a smart thing for, um, for libraries to start making podcasts available or start, starting to create podcasts themselves of what they've got coming up, uh, what types of things are happening in the community, what, are hap- what sort of things are happening within libraries themselves, where we still get people wandering into the library or complaining to the staff that libraries used to be hallowed halls of silence. Uh, why are we letting children in now? Why are we letting people make so much noise? What, what's the group of teenagers doing in the corner uh, I'm trying to study or I'm trying to have a meeting or and people need to realise that libraries are here for all members of the community and that libraries are here to try and be everything for everyone. We will try and find a quiet corner for you where you can study but bear in mind that not the whole library will be that quiet corner. Um, there will be events on for community. There will be things that we will run for children, uh, especially now, currently in South Australia. We are in the thick of our school holiday program. Oh, and I have this great idea for an escape room. I've been running escape rooms in my local library for about a year now, and I'm hoping that this one here will be my best one yet, my hardest one yet, perhaps. But we will have to wait and see. Uh, I usually give the kids about 20 minutes 
uh, and a group of pff, anything, anyone, or any number of kids from uh, like five to, to 12 to possibly 14 years, we sort of aim the escape room, we theme the escape room to our primary age kids generally, but sometimes we get preschool and sometimes we get high school kids come in as well. Um, and I try and give them enough time, but quite often the kids are that clever that they'll usually do it in half the time that I allocate them. But some of the escape rooms that I've done uh, have actually taken more time or the kids have needed more clues in, in order to get that like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, so hopefully this one will be a good one. Uh, but speaking of libraries, and back to my point, libraries are there for writers. We are here, oh, I'm sort of taking my writer hat off and popping my library hat on. And I'm here to tell you that it's a great opportunity to uh, sell books, to get yourself known in your, uh, in your local area. And I know that many, many, many um, of my writer friends are already doing this. But if you're not, by all means, do it. Go for it. Contact your local library. Uh, if you have numerous branches, offer to travel to the different branches. Um, it, it's different visiting public libraries than it is visiting schools. Schools, you tend to be able to connect with kids, which is great, which is good fun. But you don't tend to be able to connect with potential customers. Whereas with libraries, you have the opportunity to bring stock in and be able to sell and sign on the same day. And people love the idea of having a personally signed book written by somebody. It's, yeah, it's the... Do not underestimate the fact that you have fans out there and they want a message from you. They want to be able to open the book up, to be able to smell the pages, but to be able to see that personal message that you have written directly to them. And if you know the people and they know you, all the better. But if you don't know the people, but you can get a general gist from like a brief conversation that you have with them, uh, either the questions that they ask during your author talk or the sort of the brief conversation that you can have with them when they're waiting to uh, to get you to sign. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's times, there's chances, uh, and you want to be able to be approachable. Uh, I've come across some authors that have gone, look, I've signed so many books, I'm that popular, that now I'm just saying I will sign all the best and my name not really going to go into that personal side of things. And some people are happy with that. Some people uh, are happy with the fact that they've got something scrawled by this author proving that they've actually met that person. But in my thinking, you really need to actually take that step, uh, especially if you're just starting out with events. 
But I would like to think that if I eventually get renowned as an author and get the opportunity to travel here, there and everywhere and promote my writing um, and meet people that enjoy reading my stories, I would like to think that I would still try and actually make that effort to create that connection and to leave that personal message for them. Because I think it's important. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I definitely believe that libraries are a great opportunity for us to be able to connect with potential customers, uh, but also to be able to... Um, um, the, the cool thing is having your book on a library shelf, people will take it off that shelf, they will have a read, and if they're interested, and if they really, really like a book they will go as far as buying a copy for themselves. Uh, and hopefully, they will want to buy a copy for other people or encourage other people to, uh, to read that book, to buy their own copy as well. And that sort of gets that domino effect. How you connect with potential readers using social media is still way well beyond my understanding, my comprehension. I don't know. There are people out there that do it incredibly well, and I, for one, am not one of them. Uh, there's a brand new ver uh, platform for social media called Threads. Um, I'm still not on TikTok. I'm still not on... Uh, I'm not using a, a lot of different social media platforms very well because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, that would be great. What I should do is I should... Is it, Steph, are you listening? I hope you're listening, because I'm going to reach out, I'm going to reach my long arm through across cyberspace, and I'm going to try and clutch your hand, and I'm going to ask you, how about for this next episode of uh, the World of Myth Bits. How about we do something where I ask you, as the expert of all things social media, because you really do it really, really well. The, there's const I constantly see posts popping up from you, um, whether they're personal, like life-related posts, or just a bit of fun that you're having, maybe a... a um, a night on the couch that you're having with uh, Mr. David K. Montoya. Um, you two are hilarious together. Uh, it's a real joy to see. But you, you seem to have your head around, you seem to have a bit more of a knack for uh, how to use these platforms. Um, and yeah, the, um, just the, the whole concept of what, what are the better social media platforms for authors to use. Do you, one of, one of the things that my friend uh, Kylie mentioned, uh, and it's something that I've tried to follow up with, and I think I've taken the first step, but there's another hundred steps to follow after that I haven't still, that I'm still yet to do. But I've, on my Facebook page, I've got my own personal Facebook page that I've been using for everything, but I did have a Facebook page that I created 
piggybacking off that original page, I created that when my novel, The Eleventh Tome, first came out, self-published, um, available on Amazon, um, but I haven't really taken it any further with promotion. I just, I sort of created the page, but one of the things my friend said was, look, with all the other writing that you're doing, you should have an author page and you should be doing that through your author page rather than your public page, your, your own personal page, because the stuff that you're mentioning relating to family, relating to work, relating to your life in general, the people that are interested in what you write may not be interested in that side of things and the people that are interested in that side of things, your, your own personal life, um, what's coming up in the library may not be at all interested in the fact that you are a writer and the fact that you are publishing things, um, whether you can access them and read them straight away, like the sort of stuff that was on the World of Myth magazine website, or stuff that's in physical anthologies that you have to buy a copy of, or um, like a um, an online magazine that you need to purchase in order to access as well. Like there are, there's stuff like that as well. Um, the, so anyway, the, yes, the, the, the idea, the concept of utilizing social media, um, and the better way to do it, the better platforms to do it. Um, I don't know if anybody's on threads and I don't know if anybody's finding that threads is a better version of um, Twitter and whether you can use it for as an author or if it's more useful for like sharing personal events and, uh, and things like that. Uh, so Steph, if you're keen, I'm keen. Uh, let's set up a, an opportunity to, um, to give that a go. Uh, I'll get my people to talk to your people and reach across the internet uh, throughout cyberspace, the long arm of the law, uh, and see if um, South Australia can connect with Canada or California, depending on where it is that you, uh, you find yourself at the time. And then... I think I've yabbered enough on about uh, about libraries and how passionate I am about libraries and how much I think that they are a uh, a wonderful opportunity. Um, just wanted to uh, to reflect on uh, on a a bit on personal life, uh, and just wanted to make mention uh, a um, a family movie night that we had the other night. I love catching up with my family. I love spending time with my family. I've got three beautiful, wonderful, incredible kids, uh, a wife that I adore, uh, and a house full of cats, four cats. Um, we still have our four cats, thankfully. We did have one cat that, uh, that almost crossed the Rainbow Bridge, and then somehow, miraculously, uh, our Freddy has managed to, uh, to dodge a bullet uh, and come back to us. I just, like I literally was at our local vet with him in the cage, 
signing the paperwork for uh, for um, basically the, the, the full stop and the signature at the bottom for the end. Uh, and then uh, when I mentioned something to the vet at the time before she got the needle ready, uh, she sort of gave me a funny look, um, double-checked with her colleague, and then we were told, no, it's fine for, um, for Freddie to, uh, to hop back in the cage and, uh, and come home again. And he literally is living the exact life that he was uh, the week before he got sick. Um, amazing, incredible. But anyway, uh, just wanted to mention um, the new Shazam movie. I guess, I guess it's new. It's not... Oh, we watch movies like we jump on social media, where me, me and my, my wonderful family, uh, a movie will come out and we think, oh yes, we'd like to see that at the cinema. Um, and then things crop up, life gets in the way, and you get to the point where it's no longer in cinema, uh, and then you have to watch it on DVD or you have to watch it on one of the streaming services. And uh, Shazam, oh, what's the, it's the second Shazam film. Not Shazam, not Black Adam, Black Adam. Technically, it's, technically is Black Adam and Shazam. It's sort of in that, in that DC universe, in that uh, sort of vein, but I wouldn't call Black Adam a uh, te- technically a Shazam it's, it's the second Shazam film anyway uh, and it's got Helen Mirren in it uh, and Lucy Liu uh, it was just good fun and I think it's I wonder sometimes if my daughters and my wife are going to be interested in these types of films, in these comic booky superhero-y type films, uh, and the um, the proof is in the pudding. In that uh, we're sort of we're trying to watch as many Marvel films as we possibly can because we like that humour, we like that adventure. Um, but DC DC tends to be darker usually. But with the Shazam films, there's an awful lot of humour. There's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was good fun. We, we all seem to enjoy it. Uh, and I, uh, I remember watching uh, an interview with Lucy Liu and, uh, and Helen Mirren um, before the film came out. And hearing that... Poor Dame Miriam seemed to have no clue as to what was going on in any particular scene at any particular time. She had the the general gist of what was going on, but um, the actual scene itself, the uh, the chaos on set was. Um, you want me to do what? Why? Uh, and uh, and poor Lucy Lewis sort of fell to her. To go, I just do this and act in this way and uh, and that sort of thing. But it doesn't translate on the screen. The in in my opinion, the 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 film itself 
was just general goofiness and, and good fun. There was a bit of tension, a bit of drama, of course, um, and a, a few underlying issues like the, the whole concept of belonging and the fact that the, the family of superheroes are actually a bunch of foster kids all in the one home, all under the one roof and um, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's the, the themes that they cover are interesting ones. Uh, and the way that they do it is, in my, in my opinion, is, it's done really, really well. Um, yeah, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Um, but yeah, it's something that surprised me last night, though, speaking of films. We were sort of flicking through the television and my son goes, is that Morgan Freeman? And Morgan Freeman was on, on the screen. Uh, and then there was a very, very young Brad Pitt and I immediately went, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, this is seven. If it's seven, that's definitely not the sort of film that uh, I want my daughters to watch. Maybe not necessarily the sort of film that I'd want my son to watch either, although he's coming up to, um, to uh, turning 18 and technically becoming an adult. Uh, but... Uh, and he's watching whatever he basically wants to watch. Uh, it's got to the point now where mum and dad will go to bed and Nicholas will turn something on. Um, so we're not always vetoing what it is that he's looking at. Uh, he's got his own computer set up as well. Um, he's watching stuff and sharing stuff with his friends and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and generally, I think that's probably okay. Uh, and I understand as well that my girls, who are younger than their brother, have access to online content and that sort of thing as well. Uh, and we literally are in an age where we have to rely on our kids to be able to police themselves. We can't watch and follow and... Uh, I mean, you can block content, uh, you, can, you can try and prevent as much as you like, but people will still get exposed to stuff. And you, you need to be able to trust and you need to be able to, uh, to believe that should they see something wrong, they'll tell you. Uh, and they've learnt enough, they've got the gist of what's coming up. They've, they've been exposed to and seen enough stuff that they can, they can look at the warning signs and, uh, and that sort of thing. And yeah, it all comes down to trust, definitely. Uh, but the, the films that we have been watching, really enjoyable, love family movie night, um, love the popcorn, the chocolate, um, the company... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been really good fun. I love w reading with my girls as well. There's, even though my youngest is 13, um, we still occasionally get the opportunity to sit down and share stories and, uh, and that sort of thing. And what's really cool is that they're interested in what I'm writing. So, uh, like even my son, I will sometimes go this is an idea that I've got, or this is where I'm up to, where do you think it can go? And like my, my youngest daughter especially, um, 
comes up with some really, really cool ideas and different directions for my story to go where I didn't even think would, would like, the, the yeah, the, the whole concept I'd never even considered. But at the moment that she mentions it, it's like, boo, you genius, that's where it's going to go. Or um, how about I slightly twist it to this way because that more suits my thinking and my writing and that sort of thing. Um, and she's cool with that as well. Like she, um, she loves the, the fact that, uh, that I'll mention, I'll give credit um, um, and that I'm always grateful for these new and different ideas. Uh, and my other daughter too, she comes up with some cool ideas as well. Um, and nah, Nen, Nen's been uh, just her, her character has been a, uh, a great influence for um, different characters in my stories as well, which I'm sure that she appreciates. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, I'm feeling very well supported, uh, very well loved. Um, life, life is challenging, but life is good, and I've got good people around me. Um, whether they're here at home or far, far away, the wonder and the joy of uh, of the internet is that um, we we are all connected, and in uh, in very very special ways, and we can all support each other, which uh, which I think is marvelous. I think it's a um, a prime time to be a writer. It's a uh, a prime time to be a sharer of stories and poems and creative works, uh, art, illustration. Um, the world is your canvas. The world is your inspiration. Uh, and uh, we all are very, very, very lucky indeed. So go out, create, think ahead of uh, December, of the um where we're six months away uh but we've got to think six months ahead as we're um we're submitting to the e-magazine supporting dark myth and what it is that they're trying to do as they're revolving the company We are inspired, we are supported, go out and create. Bye for now, and hopefully the, um, the next podcast that I do uh, will, uh, will feature another voice, another very well-known voice, um, and uh, hopefully, Steph, you're, you're keen to join me as you have in the past. Um, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Till next time. Bye for now.